Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. My name is Kevin Tarka. I am the founder of Creation Talent Agency, and I will be releasing a new podcast every single day for an entire year that is specifically designed to share the inevitable challenges of the sports business world and how to overcome them. I'm inviting you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing professional basketball players, traveling the world, and continuously finding ways to battle through the adversity in this competitive industry. The goal is to share as many secrets as I can to help you along your own path to success. Welcome back to another edition of Sports Business Secrets. Today, we're talking with professional basketball coach Tanner Massey. For those who don't know Tanner, he's coached at several levels in the basketball world, starting with his alma mater, Coastal Carolina, then to South Carolina, South Alabama, Union College, and then in 2014, he jumped to the pro ranks. He spent time on staff with the Erie Bayhawks, Northern Arizona Suns, Capital City Go-Go. And so we're lucky to get some insight from a very experienced coach today. Welcome, Tanner. Yes, sir, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast and look forward to chatting for a little bit. Appreciate it, man. So so let's jump right in here. I like to have my guests. Uh, I like to give them the stage here to, to tell the audience a little bit about their background. So so for you, where did basketball start in your life? Give the, li- the listeners a brief little background up to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. So like I remember the, the time where I fell in love with basketball. Um, I was watching TV and I saw Sean Kemp uh, spin baseline and do a reverse dunk uh, in game six of the Western Conference Finals. And, and I, uh, I just fell in love. And my dad, he wasn't a fan, nor, nor was my mom, but it was just on TV. And that's kind of where it started. And um, from there, uh, the, the love grew and, you know, I just want to be involved. And, uh, I was never a, a really good player, but I think I maxed out uh, my abilities and, and whatnot because every day after school, my dad would pick me up and he'd take me to Coastal Carolina University where um, he worked for 35 plus years and I would play against the college guys. He just dropped me off and for two hours a day, I'm just in there shooting and then trying to play pickup and trying to find ways to, to play with those guys. And um, it was really after, like, I, I never, I knew I wasn't, quite good enough to be you know a really good college player um going into my junior year of college I actually had a partial scholarship to go to a d3 school but um you know at that point that's when I decided I wanted to coach and so I continued to be a manager Uh, I was manager for four years at Coastal and that's kind of where my love for coaching and started getting involved with everything with video scouting and being on the floor with the, with the players was the best. So that's kind of where it, where it all started. It was a lot of fun. That's amazing, man. And so so obviously you've had a lot of experiences uh, at the college side and at the pro side, and there's so many differences. We can probably talk for hours about them. But can you touch on a couple key differences from the coaching angle between college and, and, and pro? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the biggest difference for me is as a professional, it is your job uh, to to focus on basketball. You're taking care of your body. You're you know getting the uh, right amount of sleep, the food, and then you have to lock in on your role, you know, of your specific job to help your team win. In college, basketball is part of the job. There are many other things you got to handle in college, specifically classwork uh, and then basketball, being a good teammate. But then, you know, you're learning, you're young, you're you're around other people your age. 
So, um, you know, there's a social aspect as well that that is a part of who you are. Uh, but in the pro, it is specifically just basketball. And, um, and, and that's what was really intriguing to me to get involved uh, at the pro game. Uh, I was not a fan of, of recruiting whenever I was in college. And, um, you know, I, I, was, I was pretty straight up with, with my approach. And, um, you know, I think uh, in recruiting, there can be uh, some, um, you know, a little bit of lying that goes involved with that. So I, I wanted to just be straight up with guys. And pros, I felt, was a great way for me at that time and, and at that age to really focus on that. Uh, another, another thing is um, you just have more time to do just basketball. I mean, you're, you're able to – it is part of your job, but you have no reason not – to focus on your job and to get better. So I, that's the biggest thing for me. Mm. Yeah, th those are some, some, some interesting points. I mean, I, I find some similarities on the agent side too with the whole recruiting side. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it sounds like, you know, when you're on the pro side of coaching, there, you, you, you were allowed to have no distractions and really just it's basketball. Like, whereas when you're on the college side, it's like, all right, well, it is basketball, but it's like, are they in our kids in study hall? Do we have to worry about other academic stuff, which is kind of part of that job, right? For sure. And, and I think a big thing is time. Uh, for me, I can't rationalize. I, I struggle rationalizing recruiting and spending time on players and on people who 80% of them won't come to your school anyway. You mm -hmm. probably won't even make their top three. So, but we don't spend as, I mean, as college coaches, we don't spend enough time helping the guys that are currently with us, you know, for that season in particular, while, you know, now it's every night, I got to go see this kid play. I got to make all these phone calls, uh, check in on these guys and these coaches. And it's like, what about the guys that are in your locker? What are the guys that you're supposed to be spending the most time with every day? So uh, I think that's important. And it's all relationship building is what we're talking about. For sure. And, and, and the college game, I, I talked about this the other day uh, on a podcast episode, uh, podcast episode, the college game is even more now you need even more time. So you need to be, not only be recruiting other future players, but you need to be re-recruiting your own players and spending time doing that instead of spending time in the gym, working on their shot or developing them like you're supposed to. It's just, it, it's changing, you know, with the transfer portal and, Man, that is a great point, uh, you know, and, and spending that time with your players on the court and every day, you know, whether it's going uh, to grab lunch with them in the, in the cafeteria or somewhere around campus, like, you know, if, if you do your work with those guys, and then maybe when the recruit comes into, into town for a visit or something, those players can vouch for you and say, the, the coaches here, they're genuine. They will spend time with you. They really care. You know, it's not like, mm -hmm. You know, hey, as soon as practice is done, I'm getting out of here. I'm not engaging. I got to go watch this kid play tonight somewhere else, you know. Mm -hmm. So, no, that, that's a great point, man. Spot on. Right. So, let's jump to the pro level here. So, with your responsibilities in the G League, and I know you had a couple of different roles along the way, but can you can you touch on that a bit on, you know, maybe what your responsibilities were or a day in the life in a couple of different scenarios about, hey, how, how do you as a coach help players get better? Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's a lot of fun, man. And and for me, it as early on in your career, you have to be willing to do anything to stay on. You have to create value in ways that somewhat go unnoticed. 
because you're not at the level to take on the bigger responsibilities. You, you feel like you're ready and you have the energy and, and you want to prove that you can, but there are things that you got to do. So for me, my first few years and even my third year uh, at, in Erie, I mean, I was doing laundry, prepping the floor for practice, sweeping, mopping, whatever, uh, putting out the practice gear in the lockers, you know, helping our trainer do, do whatever. And once all those things are taken care of, now we can get on the floor with the players. Now we can step inside um, to our coaches' uh, meetings, pre-practice coaches' meetings and whatnot. Um, you know, so it's, it's taking care of those things that are necessary before you jump in and help other coaches. You, you got to take care of your job first. Uh, after that, um, it was, you know, kind of once you get through that phase of being a manager or an intern or helping, now we can really get into the basketball and, and your job as an assistant coach of uh, spending a lot of time with film, uh, being available for the players is huge. And I think that's one thing that I really value is being available for the guys. I mean, this, uh, you know, this past season with Northern Arizona, I was, I was, I really held myself to a, a standard of being available for those guys after we got back from a road trip, getting on the floor for 30 minutes just to get some shots up, get the blood flowing, uh, pre-practice, uh, post-practice. Be being available is, is huge. And I think um, helping guys create those individual standards as well really facilitates that as a coach. If you're able to have guys commit to their own standards where they can hold themselves to a um, – you know, a, a performance level every day, I think then that's when you really create value and then it accelerates. Uh, mm. It, it kind of expedites the process. Mm. And a, a question on film. So, so when you, when you watch film with players and, and this might be case by case, but do you, did you find yourself more often having players want to watch film of themselves or watch film of, let's say, the other team so they can understand where they're going to be or, you know, understand their plays and do more of like a team scout um, film breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really good mix. And, and I think it, it, it really depends on whether it's a game day, whether it is a, the day after a game uh, and you uh, maybe have three or four days in between games. So you're able to work on something else that the player would be able to use uh, in the future, but it's kind of like, hey, uh, this is how uh, this is. Uh, I don't know how Marcus Smart uh, does a great job of, of defending and chesting the ball, you know, and, and we're able to kind of get a little bit more physical. That'd be something I would do like in between, like in a three or four day period in between games. Uh, before the game, it'd be a lot of this is what you'll see, this is what the tendencies are of the other team or your opponent, the matchup you'll have. And then, um, post game it's, it's a good time to learn and put those clips together of them uh and how they performed good and bad and um you know there, there's a good process with all that whether it's a good clip and then a bad clip and then just keep that order or um you know if a guy needs uh to build up some confidence mostly good so uh i think that that's uh film is a is a daily thing it, it has to be a part of it yeah that's great insight and so I like to try and give little tidbits to the listeners here. So if there's an aspiring pro listening and they say, Hey, you know, I want to watch film to get better. And maybe they're high school, maybe they're in college, but maybe they don't have a, a coach like yourself that actually breaks down film every single day with them. Do you have a recommendation on like, Hey, here, here's an easy way to watch film or, Hey, go to YouTube and look for, look for this. If you, if you want to get better. 
Yeah, I would say it, it's important to, to watch the game and not just watch the highlights. Uh, that That's the first thing for players and coaches. I think we get caught up in that a lot, especially now because it's easy to watch the highlights. Uh, one thing that really helped me, and I can't remember where I heard this, but it was a while back, was whenever you're watching a game, don't watch the ball. Watch the middle of the action. Watch the center of the action. So uh, a good a good starting point would be watch the nail, the free throw line. And, and then you can see the moving parts. You know, you might miss the move that gets, uh, that gets the open shot, but you'll be able to see the cutting, the screening angles, and kind of see, you know, the breakdown of the defense that led uh, to a good look for offense. So I think that's big. And, you know, it's, not, it's, it's fun at times to watch the game as a fan. But if you want to learn uh, and kind of pick up on the knowledge, I think it's really good to watch the middle of the floor of the action. That's that's great advice. I've, I've heard that in the past as well. I know everyone has their different way of watching film, but uh, I like that. So if you're listening, definitely take take that advice uh, into consideration. So I want to talk about uh, a topic that we, we spoke about uh, in depth a little bit last week, but uh, it comes up at this point almost daily, whether it's with, with my clients or with players or with, with other, other agents or coaches, and that is comparison and expectations. So you know, obviously, I think we all find ourselves. you know, I go back to comparison is the thief of all joy, right? And uh, yep. it's easy for us to compare to others. Oh, man, why is that agent signing those clients? Like, how does he do that? Or how did that coach get that job over there? So what's what's your experience with this? And, and you know, like, how, how have you handled it from the coaching side personally? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for one, it's human, uh, especially now with information at our fingertips at any moment, like it's, uh, it's human to have those comparisons, uh, to make those comparisons. It's human to have those expectations. And I don't think it's always bad either. Um, I think that, that with comparison, you know, it means that we're striving for something more. Maybe we expect something more, but we, we don't know quite how to get there yet. We don't know exactly what it takes to get to where, who we're comparing ourselves to. We, you know, we, I think we're, we compare ourselves more to people who not only we look up to, but, but who we want to get to um, as opposed to guys who we're looking down on almost. Mm -hmm. So, but um, it, it's, I think it's, it is human, but for me, and it's, I learned this, this past year uh, by being away from it, you can only control so much. I mean, COVID took a lot of uh, opportunities away from people and um, you know, it, it really opens you up to, I can, I can only control what I can and you have to be okay. You have, you have to be okay and run your own race. Um, you know, there are a lot of great coaches that were in the bubble in the G league bubble. I would have loved to have been one of those coaches, but I wasn't. And, and that's okay. It's not a knock on, on me. So uh, that, that's, that's how I looked at. And it really brought me a lot of peace. That's one way I found peace uh, during this past season was I uh, to kind of step away from, from that woe is me kind of mentality and what else could I have done? I've, I've, I've done enough. I've done enough. Mm. No, that's great, man. That's great because I know, and you kind of just answered the next question I wanted to ask you, but maybe you can, you can go in more, more in depth, but you know, you, for you, uh, you know, in, in like a waiting period of what's next for you, you know, how have you stayed positive and how have you worked on your craft when, 
you know, it would have been easy to say, man, this sucks. I'm not coaching right now, but you know, how have you, how have you dealt with that personally? Yeah. Yeah. For me uh, to help me to stay positive. The main thing I've done, man, is, is I've grown in my faith. God, mm -hmm. God is so good. And um, that has really been the, the place that I fall back on. I, I kind of took it for granted earlier, but before all this, uh, but now it is, is something that, that I really rely on. And, and I'm so grateful. Uh, it, it's God has helped me so much. And um, I, honestly, it, it's kind of simplified my approach in that, um, again, I, I've done I've done enough. I have to trust my work. I have to trust mm -hmm. the people around me and my network. And um, you, it helps you learn your strengths and weaknesses or, or accept those even more and find out this is who I am. This is this is what I'm great at. This is what I'm not great at. And that's OK. And then it's uh, committing. And, and for me, basketball isn't a job, so it's, it's not hard for me to commit time to it. But it is every day uh, finding some film to watch, whether it is of a player, whether it's uh, for me, uh, I'm fortunate enough to to have a way to download uh, any game by quarter. And so for me, a lot of times what I did was I would download one, two or maybe three quarters of games from the previous night and then go through and kind of cut those up offense, defense, development, uh, some concepts. And, um, you know, then you kind of build a database of all those clips. So it's pretty fun uh, to do that. That really helped my knowledge, uh, you know, continue uh, this season while I'm not coaching. Mm. Faith and perspective, man. It's inspiring. I love it. So yes, where, where is Tanner Massey in five years? What, 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 uh, and I know, I know it's a one day at a time thing, but you know, what, what skill set do you bring as a coach that uh, a team or club is going to be lucky enough to have in, in the near future? For me, um, the, the skill set that I have is my energy and my, I, I kind of have a, a childlike view again, you know, it, it, it's not a job. I, I don't put a ton of pressure on myself. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I can handle pressure but I perform better whenever I'm having fun and whenever I'm able to get after it and compete, you know, with uh, not, not only as a coach with our guys on the floor, helping them get better, but, you know, in film and where it's meaningful. So energy uh, through, through uh, those childlike eyes, I think are really, really big because it keeps it fun. Um, and I really have a commitment to, to get to know people and our players. Uh, I think that is really valuable and something I've had to do. Um, I've, I've had to learn to stand on that. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 5'10". I didn't play in college. So um, for me, I've had to spend time on that uh, to build relationships. And it's been very helpful and uh, gratifying looking back at, at the people who I've come to know and who I, I really uh, respect. It's, uh, it, it's been helpful. Uh, for me, though, uh, in five years, I'd love, I would love to be a head coach. If that's not in, in the plan, uh, that that's okay. But I want to be able to impact, uh, especially young men. I found, uh, found that I, I really enjoy working with young men and, you know, whether it's in the pros or, or in college and, um, you know, kind of, kind of see where it is. No, the impact is a word you use that I think is, uh, you know, fits you very well. And, and one of the things that I noticed, um, I forget if it's in uh, you know, one of your social profiles, but it just speaks for yourself with your action too. It's, you say basketball is my job, not my definition. 
right? And that's that's huge, man, because like that just speaks to to who you are as a person. I think wherever you end up, whatever that label is, it doesn't matter because you're going to be loving what you do and you're going to be helping a bunch of young men get to the next level and getting better at what they do. So any any clever organization is going to be lucky to have you. Yes, sir. Well, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that, that I, I just love doing. I love talking about it and, uh, you know, want to help. And, and that, that's all matters. Help young, young men reach the dream, whatever that is of playing pro ball and NBA and G League, making money, providing whatever it is. So we'll, we'll see, but I'm excited every day. I'm excited. Just keep attacking it. Amazing, man. And so the last question I have for you here is what advice do you have for someone who might be listening to this and saying, Hey, I want to coach someday. I don't know what level, but I want to be a coach. What, what's some, some, some advice you have for them? Uh, if, if, if you want to do it, then that means you need to invest your time into it. And it doesn't mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, putting yourself out there on, on social media or, or doing that. It, it, it means really coaching. You know, if, if you want to be a coach, it's a, go coach a, a rec league team if you've never coached before. Uh, put yourself out there to go help uh, with a high school team. If, if you're in college and you want to coach, but, but you, you don't know quite how to do it, go be a manager. That's what I did for four years. And then I was a, a graduate manager, graduate assistant at South Alabama. Uh, getting on the floor, if you're in great shape and you're able to put a good product out there with training guys and you commit to doing that, that's a great avenue as well. Uh, but I think having that servant, uh, being a servant leader in that area and, and really creating that value of being able to do the little things, like I said earlier, of sweeping the floor, helping the laundry, doing the things that go unnoticed but that are necessary, I think is really huge. So investing the time. The other thing is put yourself out there. Uh, I remember for me, after my second year as a grad assistant at South Alabama, right after um, the, our season ended, I started, I wrote three handwritten letters to uh, three different people with every NBA organization. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to, to find those guys uh, listed online. And then you send it to the arena. And, um, you know, I got some, I got some feedback from that. Uh, and you know, you attach your phone number and then those guys reach out. If they didn't two weeks later, I would send an email to those same three guys. Hey, I wrote you a letter. Um, you know, wanted to see if you had some time to chat, I would love to pick your brain. And, uh, you know, I have, this is my, it's my goal. These are my aspirations and, and you pursue it, but you got to spend the time, but don't, uh, be willing to put yourself out there. I love that handwritten letters is a lost art. And, and, uh, that's fantastic because that's one of the things that I did when I was trying to get into the agent game is, hey, look, like, here's what I'm trying to do. I wrote a handwritten letter to just about every agent in the country. And some people aren't going to get back, but that's OK. I mean, that that's that's going to happen. And some people will. And it's those people that, you you know, you're going to be attracted to and learn from. But uh, that's awesome, man. That's great stuff. Well, we have uh, one yeah. last thing before we wrap up. I call it a sports business lightning round. I'm just going to fire a bunch of questions at you. And you got to hit me with the first answer that comes comes to your mind. Very good. Can't wait. Here, here we go. Favorite color. Blue. Most points you've ever scored in any game in your life? That I recall, uh, 16. I probably had 16 like five different times. Could never get to 17. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pizza or pasta? Ooh, pizza. MJ yes, or LeBron? His airness. 
<laughs> One of the coolest cities in the world you've ever been to. Man, uh, so I coached in Japan for four months and I lived in Hiroshima and I will, I will tell you, it is, it was so fun, westernized. I felt I was safe and, um, that was a, and the area around it, uh, is beautiful. So, uh, if, if you go check out uh, Japan, you know, and a lot of people go to Tokyo or Osaka, like check out Hiroshima. And then, um, there's some really cool places nearby. A lot of history there. Awesome. What is something you're really bad at? Man. Oh, man. Where do I start? I'm trying to think. That's like a daily thing. Um, yeah, something I'm, I'm bad at. Probably finishing a book at, at an appropriate time. Uh, something like I, I can go maybe a week without reading it, and then I feel bad, and then I try to play catch up, but it's hard. So I, yeah. I, I think I share that one, too. Nice. What's uh, what's one of your biggest strengths? Um, but besides energy that, that I just mentioned, um, I'd probably say um, communication. Um, I, I feel like I've really grown in that area and, and become more open and vulnerable. So uh, that, that's allowed me to uh, grow. Good. Who are three people that have helped you tremendously in your life? Man, well, uh, um, especially this past year, uh, Jesus, uh, uh, he's been huge. Um, I would say, uh, my, my family, uh, specifically my dad. And then, uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, we've been together, uh, over about two and a half years and, you know, she, she's been my rock. So, uh, awesome. yeah. And there's a bunch of others. Uh, yeah, I can imagine three is tough. Uh, yeah. what was your first ever job? Uh, so besides helping out as a landscaper for my brother-in-law, uh, I was a barista at a coffee shop. Nice. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, I would, let's go with, uh, teleportation. I would say fly, but you know, what if there's bad weather and you can't fly? So let's say teleportation. That's <laughs> a, a good point. A couple more here. If you could trade jobs with anyone in any industry for one week, just to live their life in their shoes, who would that be? Man, I'd probably say, I'd probably say a music producer. Um, mm. You know, I don't have anyone uh, specifically, maybe like Kygo or something. Uh, you know, I, I, I like uh, uplifting and kind of upbeat music and, you know, it kind of gets me going with, with my day or in my workout. So uh, yeah, music producer, kind of see how, how they, uh, think and um, you know change the tempos and kind of set the mood like I think that's really cool that's awesome Kaiga's one of my favorites for sure and last one yeah. here if you could turn back time and talk to 18 year old Tanner what would you tell him I would say be patient and take take some time to evaluate take some time to evaluate you, you don't need to act on emotion or go with uh, the, the first initial uh, gut feeling. Take some time. Think about it. Love it, man. Awesome stuff. Well, that was amazing. I hope the listeners were taking notes, man. You had some gems in there. And uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate our relationship. I'm excited to see see where you land next. I know it's going to be a great spot. And, uh, and hopefully once this COVID craziness is over, we'll be able to catch some live basketball here soon. Yes, sir. Hope to see you soon, Kevin. I appreciate you taking the time. And, and you're doing great with your podcast and, and can't wait to see where you take KTA next. Appreciate it, brother.
Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling really crazy, you can even share it on social media. As always, if there's a topic you want me to talk about further or a guest you would love to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message on social media at Kevin Tarka. Thanks again, and I'll see you here tomorrow morning on Sports Business Secrets.